It is, it's me, it's TRG, the Ramblin' Gambler. Casino gambling is my side hustle, and this is my Casino Combat Podcast. On this podcast, we spell things with a K. Hopefully you know the drill by this point. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, non-binary persons, Mia and her pal the Ghost Duck, this podcast discusses casinos and gambling. Gambling is a morally questionable life choice. Do not gamble with money you cannot afford to lose. Do not gamble with money you need to pay your bills. My past performances are not indicative of anyone's future results, including my own. If you have a gambling problem, contact your local problem gambling hotline. If you do not know your local problem gambling hotline number, send an email to help at casinocombat.com and we will find that number for you and make it available to you. Everything I'm going to share with you in in this podcast is based in fact. Names and dates have been altered to protect the innocent and the guilty. Minor items, unrelated outcomes may be omitted in the interest of brevity and clarity. All right, episode 16. Who would have thought? Today I have a question segment with a great question from Zach. In the core concepts segment, I realized I have not talked enough about the extreme couponing. Extreme couponing? Extreme casinoing? Yes, extreme casinoing. I think I like that. Um, just invented a word. Uh, so I'll talk today about some ways you should use your player's card to reduce casino costs and to make some extra money. T-Rex and Billy with the great last name pointed out this week that I've been missing an opportunity to use a casino wisdom properly. So I will revisit a past casino wisdom and talk about what I learned from them. I did a fair amount of traveling this week, so I'm going to quickly go over the where's, why's, and results and summarize the final results for the month. It's been four months, everybody. I'm pretty sure that uh, with the free stuff, we had a win. But do we have a win-win? We're going to find out. In the VIP lounge, I'm going to talk about a useful but admittedly ethically questionable blackjack technique I've developed. And after I share that, you can decide if you want to use it or not. Before I get us started on all that, I want to tell you about some additional content. Billy with the great last name has been working overtime on the Casino Combat YouTube channel. Last week, we launched a playlist called Casino Combat Boot Camp. In case it isn't obvious, we spelled boot camp with a K. Because of course we did. (laughs) Um, Boot camp is not recycled content. It is new content unique to the YouTube channel. The idea of boot camp is short, targeted monologues about just the gambling techniques of casino combat. So I've cut back on the jokes and the stories and just focused on teaching the casino combat core concepts in small pieces. If you want a refresher for the core concepts, or you thought the material was covered too quickly as part of the podcast, search for Casino Combat, spelled with a K, on YouTube. First up, Zach's question. What? What? So Zach says, Hey TRG, I've listened to every podcast and I'm intrigued by your betting system. I've counted cards in the past and can count cards, but there are a few casinos near me and I don't want to get burnt and would love to take advantage of the comps. Now I don't want to necessarily ask your every detail, Although, like you say, if I don't ask, I'll never know. But just curious, if you could elaborate in more detail how it all works. Now, say you have a base bet of 15, you win a hand, bet 15 again, you win again, that bet jumps to, say, 25 to make things easy. If you keep winning, does the bet keep increasing? Or do you have a top bet? Say, like, 60 would be the top bet. And now the reversal of that would be to Martingale. But does that happen on the first loss? of the base bet or the second and you try and martingale three times and then out sorry if i'm being probish but really like the content and want to keep hearing more figured i'd try and ask a little about it and give it a shot so first of all thank you i'm flattered flattered to hear you've been listening and i truly appreciate the compliments i also agree that counting cards at a property you need access to 
can burn the property permanently. This is one of the reasons I mostly stopped counting cards unless I'm somewhere I don't expect to be back to. With regards to TRG Wagering Strategy 1, I start to increase my wager on the progressive side after two wins. And ideally, I like to go up by half of my original wager size. So in your example of starting at $15, I'd like to go up to $22.50. In reality, I often don't bother with the hassle of the extra $2.50. I go up after the second win in a row from $15 to $20 and keep adding $5 after each win. But you could also take the bet after the third win up from 20 to 30, which is the same as adding 750 twice. Regardless, I'd stop this progression after reaching $45. In fact, if I won that $45 bet, I'd probably flat bet at 40 until I lost a hand. The thing I don't want is I don't want to have multiple splits and doubles that put the entire session or bankroll in danger by just continuing to press. A long streak of wins or losses can happen, but six wins in a row is a solid run, and I hate wiping out all that winning with doubling and splitting a bet that is too big for the bankroll that I started with. On the losing side of things in this strategy, my suggestion is that after the first loss, in this case $15, the next bet should be 30 And if I didn't win that, my next bet would be 65 Again, ideally 67.50, but it doesn't matter enough from what I see to worry about it. If, it. if I lost that one, I'd be done, at least for that table. Or I might, if things had generally been going well and I'd have a win no matter what, I might make one last, which is to say fourth bet of $45, which is a three unit bet. If you win that, you have most of your money back from the sequence. Not all of it and not a profit, but most of it. And you can start over with your $15 bet. A last note on this, I'd use these numbers regardless of how much I lost on the hands. As an example, if on the second $30 bet on the regressive side, um, so on that second $30 bet, if I needed to split or double or both and I lost all of those bets, the next bet would still be 65, not 90 or not doubling everything that was lost plus 50% or anything like that. I stay within the progression, once again, just to keep it from getting out of hand on me, because it can. I hope that helped. I hope it's useful in building your casino combat side hustle. Coming right up, this episode's Core Concepts. One of the core concepts is having a player's card at the casino where you are gambling. I talked in the past about how easy it is to get a player's card and about the fact that a player's card is how the casino awards points that get you better status in the casino and free stuffs and comps and etc etc etc. <laughs> player's cards also factor into the extreme casinoing, <laughs> there's that new word again, I really like that, um, aspect of casino combat in both small ways and large ways. Let me give you some examples. This is common to many casinos across North America. And I'll use my local casino as an example. The price board for dinner at the buffet is listed as follows. Non-members, which is anyone without a player's card, $29.99. Tier 1. They call it something else, but to keep things simple, Tier 1 is where everyone starts the moment they get a card. $26.99. You reach Tier 2 by earning 1,000 tier credits while gambling. Or tier points, if you want to call them tier points. And then the dinner buffet costs $21.99. Tier 3 is achieved by earning 100,000 tier credits, or tier points, 
and the price drops further to $16.99. If you earn 300,000 tier credits, the price drops to $11.99. Yes, the price drops by $18 by more than 50% if you're at the top of the tier system. But notice that you save $3, 10%, just for having a card and earning no points. This is true other places as well. It always stands out to me when I'm in Atlantic City. In many of the casino restaurants, items have two prices. A price if you have a reward card, and a higher price if you don't. And then there is a bonus. You can use reward points instead of cash to pay for your meal. But if you pay cash, not only do you save money by showing your player's card, you also earn points for the amount of money you spent. So you lower or eliminate the cost of either the meal or the next meal by using your player's card. Let me take a minute and talk about tier points versus reward points. First, not every casino system uses both kinds of points, but many, many, many of them do. And then the next thing to understand is that sometimes they are referred to by other names. Tier credits, tier points, my cash, player cash, instead of reward points. But if you understand the basic idea here, you'll be able to sort it out pretty quickly. Regardless of how they describe it, the idea is the same. A player's tier points start at zero when they get their card. And usually, once a year, sometimes twice, in a really horrible system, yes, I'm looking at you, local casino, the tier points reset to zero. A player's tier points determine what level of benefits they receive from the casino. The price of the buffet decreasing as you advance in the tier system is an excellent example, but there are many others. Tier points only go up, never down, until they are reset to zero on a schedule set by the casino. Reward points are an entirely separate number. They generally go up when you are awarded tier points. But you can, they can also go up as a result of a casino promotion. Maybe you swipe your card and you get so many free points. Or they might have a promotion where for every reward point you earn the normal way, they, they double the points and give you a bonus. Generally speaking, reward points only go down for one of three reasons. The player spends them on something in the casino. The player gives them to another player as a gift. Not all casinos allow this and some do require the player giving the gift be at a certain level in the system, or the reward points expire because the player has not earned any new points for an extended period of time, usually three to six months. An excellent tool for handling expiration of points used to be available in the Caesars reward system. I haven't looked into this in a couple years, but I assume this is still an option. Anyway, it worked like this. Suppose you would vacation in Las Vegas once a year and gamble big earning a bunch of reward points. They're going to expire in six months and do you no good because you only go to Las Vegas once a year. So what you would do is this. Every three or four months, you'd go to the Caesars website and you'd purchase a $20 gas card and have it mailed to your home. The $20 purchased from Caesars would earn you one tier point. And since you earned one tier point, the months before your reward points would expire would reset to six more months. So you spent $20. When you put gas in your car, you got $20 in value and all your reward points are still available to spend on food or hotel rooms or whatever when you return to Las Vegas for your next visit. And since we're talking about reward points, in many reward systems, you can also use them to purchase things outside the casino. My local casino's reward system, you can have a host turn points into a coupon to be used at major downtown restaurants or tickets to professional sporting events or concerts. Pre-pandemic, Gabriel used to do this all the time. He'd wait until he had built up a bunch of reward points and then use them to get tickets to a major concert when it was announced. Remember that initial example of the price of the buffet going down based on your tier level? Well, locally, we have a variety of companies that do the same thing with their prices. You can cut the price of a car wash in half by showing your tier 4 card from the casino. 
Heck, for a while, you could significantly reduce the price of a luxury car lease by having the right player's card. Let me give you a couple of additional examples that are generally available in any casino, and then we will wrap up this core concept segment. In most casino gift shops, you can spend reward points on the items that are for sale, which is fine for buying sunglasses or a gift for your niece when you're on vacation. But my local casino gift shop, and many others, also offers high-end items, expensive electronics, designer handbags, and so sometimes if my reward points balance is getting a little too big, I'll buy something expensive and then sell it online at a discount. I just turned reward points into cash. Extreme casinoing indeed, I guess. Yeah, I'm a little too in love with that word. Um, let me show you one, one more of these. I just suggested this to Gabriel the other day, as a matter of fact, because his reward point balance is really, really uncomfortably high in my mind, and sports events and concerts are not really an option right now. Most casino reward systems allow you to turn reward points into slot play. Now the conversion rate is often lousy, but you can, for example, take $200 in imaginary reward cash that you don't really need for anything and turn it into $120 in free slot play. And I've showed you that using TRG slot strategy number one, you can turn that into real money, not imaginary money. And you can carry that money right out of the casino with you. So there you go. A long overdue review of just some of the ways that you can use casino reward systems for fun, and profit, and a variety of ways to do extreme casinoing. It's time for Casino Wisdom. I introduced Casino Wisdom number 86, Have Allies, in episode 5. It's really simple. Build relationships with dealers, floor people, and other players. Over time, it pays off in a variety of ways. And, of course, be an ally in return. This week, T-Rex and Billy with the great last name pointed out that I was missing a major source of allies. I'm planning a casino trip in a couple weeks to an area of North America currently experiencing riots, road closures, and violence. I'm not particularly worried about the casino. I mean, it's across a river and 10 plus miles away from the problem area. Technically, it's not only a different town, it's a different state. But we normally travel through a major metropolitan area for about 15 minutes on the way there. I was trying to sort out if it was safe. I don't want to get caught up in a, a blocked highway and people mobbing our car. But I do want to get back to this property if possible. So the guys pointed out I should reach out to online allies. I'm sure for many of you this is obvious. It probably should have been to me, but it wasn't. I missed the idea of using social media to get the kind of information I was looking for. I joined some online groups and asked my question. Fairly quickly, someone local to the area outlined an alternate route that added only 10 minutes to a five-hour drive and completely avoided the area where the protests are happening. So thanks, guys. You are true allies, and you teach me something new on a regular basis. If you're ready, let's look not only at the week's results, but also the results for the month. Well, what were we up to this week? After getting some work out of the way Monday morning, I stopped at my local casino to pick up some luggage and a mostly worthless $10 free bet. I say worthless because the minimum at any table is $25. They generally only have 9 to 12 seats of 3 to 2 blackjack available. So if I can't get a seat, I can't just do my normal thing of playing the free bet on black at roulette on my way out. But the other reason for this trip was to catch up with Gabriel and his uncle since they were going to be playing craps. Gabriel's plans changed and I left quickly with the luggage. I'm not going to do bad gambling if it's the only gambling available. 
The original plan for the rest of the week was to visit this casino with Mrs. TRG later in the week for a combination of birthday free play, um, your old free play, all kind of rolled together, you know, combine those promotions, and then to head north over the weekend to a new area where the casinos and hotels opened a few weeks ago. Just a quick one-night weekend getaway. There's a My Choice property there that I want to get started with. We did pick up a few dollars on the free play at the local casino, but the blackjack playing conditions remain difficult, and I'm being kind to call it difficult. And unfortunately, the rest of the plan quickly got derailed. A few weeks ago, we talked about Casino Wisdom number 63, plan around your promotions. Well, as I went through mine to clean out old items that were expired, I realized that I had an entire stack of postcards for free play at Casino 2. In that first casino cluster that I created way back in, I think was episode 3 or something like that. And I also had two postcards for the small slot parlor on the drive over. Now none of these in this whole stack were worth the drive, just by themselves. It was $10 for this set of days and $5 for a different set of days. But on Thursday last week, all the planets aligned. All of those postcards were valid. Some were just starting to be valid. Some were getting ready to expire. In total, I had 110 in free play. I had a $40 free table bet and a room comp. So, with Mrs. TRG's blessing, I finished work after lunch on Thursday and, and headed off. Now, a few weeks ago, I stopped at this slot parlor on the way for just a small amount of free play. I applied TRG slot strategy one, and the result was just a trivial amount of money. That was maybe, I don't know, three, four episodes ago. This time, fourth spin kicks out a payout of $61.20. Depending on how much you earn an hour, that's great. You know, it's equivalent to an hourly rate of over $180 an hour because it's 20 minutes of effort at most, and I'm not even sure effort's the right word. So after checking into the hotel, the same strategy with their free slot play created a profit of $322. The blackjack play went badly before dinner, and it also went badly after dinner with a small loss each time. And I was in the room and in bed very early, but I was also up early, for one more run at the tables before I got on the road. I won back what I had lost the night before over the course of about an hour and a half with a small additional profit. So basically on blackjack, no profits or losses after expenses, but a nice addition to the resources financially from the free slot play and of course points. And even when losing, I had fun playing and I met a variety of fun people. My plans for doing an evening away with Mrs. TRG ran into a challenge as well. Hotel prices up north were pretty steep. So I called a host to see if my play at all the other My Choice properties might get me a discount. I learned that the hotel was basically sold out because the local government was limiting them to only 20% of capacity. Their entire inventory of rooms was less than 80. So it was time to rethink that. And it wasn't so much that I wanted to do more gambling, but because work is very stressful for Mrs. TRG right now, and a short trip and a hotel stay and an evening of eating and gambling takes her out of that mental space just for a short period of time. We had tried a local trip earlier in the week, and we knew that really wasn't worth doing. It just, it wasn't going to be fun to spend an evening fighting for, for one of, or two of, a total of 12 blackjack seats. It, it just isn't enough to make that property useful or fun right now. And it hurts me to say that. It, it really does. I, I wish it wasn't that way, but it is. So I needed a plan B. And if you remember last week's episode, south of me, there's a My Choice property, and I liked it last week, and they had plenty of seats. And many of them were $15, which Mrs. TRG is happier about. 
they had no hotel, but there were a variety of chain hotels nearby and prices were, were really pretty cheap. What a difference. On Saturday night, they had at least 60 seats of blackjack open and they were either at 15 or fewer at 25. Sadly, the gambling was rough. We both struggled at the first table. Dinner and drinks were great and we played a long time after dinner with a dealer I used to know really well from another property, like 10 years ago. I'd see him every week. And it's always fun when that coincidence happens. Sadly, in the end, we lost and spent two and a half days' pay. Being honest, at least one day of that was expenses. But that's an explanation. That's not an excuse, and it's not a justification. The scoring system for this podcast is, and will be, lost and spent, or profit after expenses. And we're not changing those rules now. So how did the month turn out? I'm going to pick up one more piece of luggage on Monday after this podcast has already been posted, but I'm going to include that in the results for the month. I don't expect there to be any more gambling this month. It's just a couple days. So let's add up all the results. We received a watch and four pieces of luggage, three room comps, $110 in free bets, $20 in match bets, $205 in slot play, four free $8 slot spins. We won a day and a half's pay for the month plus another a nice amount from the free slot play, and paid for two nice meals and a hotel room with the winnings. A modest profit for the month, and we used it to pay a couple bills. But in addition to a useful profit, doing casino combat allowed us to enjoy free hotel stays, free gambling, and eat some nice meals with the winnings. That's the side hustle, creating a lifestyle. If you're ready for the VIP lounge, let's go. A little bit of the bubbly. Welcome everyone. Grab an artisanal soda or a local handcrafted pop. Pour something stronger if you prefer. I think I'm going to have one. My topic today doesn't go all the way to the dark side of gambling, but it's certainly in a gray area. I guess what I'm saying is this is something best shared with friends over a drink. It's not a lesson. It's just something I've observed and started using when the situation presents itself. And I have a couple of fun stories for you to tie everything together. Let me start with the ethical part of this and give you an illustration as a starting point. Years ago, I coached youth soccer in both a recreational league and for some local travel teams. Often I would be coaching a middle school team just transitioning from recreational to travel play. They were good kids from good families and they played by all the rules. They didn't push behind the ref's back. They didn't lean on people. They didn't take a a flop if they got bumped and try to draw a a card or a penalty. You get the idea. But at the travel layer, good players played on the other side of that line between playing fair and playing dirty. Let's call it playing as hard as you possibly can. So each year, I brought in a high-level high school player to teach an evening of playing soccer hard. Right on that line between fully clean and dirty play. And this technique that I'm going to share in is the blackjack version of playing hard. Or honestly, I think it is, and I'll leave the ultimate decision on that to you in a minute. I promise. Um, so several years ago, I was in a casino that had just opened. Everyone involved was, was pretty green. My dealer was having difficulty running the game. So I started making the appropriate dealer hand gestures to help him along. If he missed my, paid my hand and I handled the chips, I would rotate my hands to the camera to show I hadn't palmed any chips just as a dealer would. If my hand was a push, I would bump the table with my fist to show a push 
as a dealer would. And I noticed that he was trusting me because of the mimicry. After this had gone on for a while, Casino Security arrives and asks for a word with me. And the gentleman in the suit says, Are you aware that dealers are not allowed to gamble in this state? And I replied, Well, actually, yes, I know that. But what does that have to do with me? And he says, I'm going to need to see some ID. I need to check you. Your hand gestures make you look like a dealer. So I smiled and said, Sure. And, and the matter was quickly resolved. Um, not a big deal. As I said, a very green staff. And in this case an overly observant security team that was covering bases that really didn't probably need to be covered, but hey, good on them. They were polite about it. Not a big deal. But I took a lesson from that. And that was that sometimes I could use this to influence dealers into making mistakes in my favor. Here's how I usually execute this. If a dealer looks new or less than experienced in any way, I mimic the dealer's normal actions in situations where it makes sense. As I said, bumping the table for pushes and that's one of the biggest ones. But anything showing you know the game, helping them count a difficult hand, yours or theirs, is another good one. You see, there are dealers that forget by the time a hand finishes what each player had. So they have to redo the math to decide who to pay and who not to pay. So if I have five or six cards and they're struggling with this, I'd maybe say, I think we decided I have 18. Or, you know, something like that. Polite, not pushy, just try to be helpful. And as I said, if I have a push, I'll bump the felt with my fist. I'm building trust. So now I get a multi-card 18 or 19, and the dealer gets a slightly better hand than me, and also has a lot of cards. So then when they get ready to count my hand, I just bump my, my fist on the felt to show a push. Now, not always, but very often, instead of correcting me, they just trust me and collect the cards and leave the bet. It's not a big deal, but it will let you keep a few bets a month that you should have lost. And if you realize a dealer is susceptible to this, then you look for them again the next time you're in the building. You've already trained them to trust you. You just have to continue to be your normal, helpful self at their table. And every once in a while, you can help yourself by helping them make a mistake. So there's my confession. Just between friends, I hope. If you think it's just playing hard, not playing dirty, help yourself. I have spoken. Everything you heard here is true from a certain point of view. It's time for leaving, and I hope you understand, I was born a rambling man. If you have questions, send them to questions at CasinoCombat.com. If you have techniques to share, send them to what I do at CasinoCombat.com. Don't forget, we spell combat with a K. Love it, hate it, it don't matter. Please share with your family and friends. Goodbye, everyone.